Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you're here today. And I, I am fully convinced in my heart that God's word is able to build you up to do the things he's called you to do and to be, to become the person that he's called you to become. Praise the Lord. You know, I like the old saying of uh, evangelist Billy Graham. One time a young man said, I want to win all the world for Christ. And Billy Graham wisely responded by saying, yes, but first God wants to win all of you. Amen. That would denote maturity. God loves us just the way we are, but he doesn't want to leave us in a state where we would be stuck in perpetual Christian infancy. Praise God. He wants us to grow up and be disciples, to be equipped to disciple others, and to be a part of the great end time army that is in the earth today, standing on the front lines, carrying out the mandate to take the gospel to all the world. Praise the Lord. And that's not just a mandate for evangelism. That is a mandate for equipping the saints. Praise God. Mm-mm. Very, very exciting to be involved in God's kingdom work. Now we're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. First, let's take a look at a scripture. Luke chapter six, verse 38. I'm sure that there are quite a few of you that have committed this verse to heart And it's easy to memorize this verse because it's such a living word. And I want us to take a look at it just for a moment today and uh, look at one specific point. And let me read it from the King James Bible. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. And running over shall men give into your bosom. Now, I wanted to read the King James Version, because some versions leave out the word men, but men shall give into your bosom. Now, other translations say, uh, they say it, but it might be a little more vague. Like some translations say, they will give into your bosom. Well, you're, you know, you're kind of wondering, well, uh, where, who, who are the they, <laughs> you know, aliens, <laughs> no, <laughs> men, men shall give into your bosom again. Now watch this. Give. So it's the giving that triggers it. Now, Jesus, of course, being a rabbi, a a scholar, being the living word, he's not teaching on tithing. The tithe already belongs to the Lord, but he's talking about the giving of offerings. So he says, give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. Now, I want you to consider a truth that maybe you haven't pondered on before. And I believe you're going to see proofs of this in your life. Don't limit God's ability to bless you through men or through people as only being those who would be in the church. Certainly God could move through a brother or sister in the Lord to be a a blessing uh, to you perhaps maybe even, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for, you know, maybe somebody in the church to give somebody else a car, praise the Lord. And 
those types of wonderful experiences take place. It's not uncommon where God can work through his people. But this scripture is not just speaking about those that belong to the Lord doing good to another person that loves God. The men that God can work through can be men or women who don't even know God, but yet God touches their heart and he's certainly able to do that. And the next thing you know, they are doing something for you. That's very beneficial for you. That is a, that is a blessing for you. And those people may not even be saved. Matter of fact, they may be Hindu. They may be a Buddhist. They could be a Muslim. I really enjoyed the testimony of Dr. John Avanzini about the time that he went to Africa to minister and he ministered and uh, some of his first sermons he totally bombed out on <laughs> because <laughs> he wasn't walking in what was known as a breakthrough anointing. He thought he could just go and minister in some of these other countries outside of the USA and you know, he could get by on his intellectual ability to, you know, expound upon the scriptures and, you know, do topical type messages. Uh, but of course, anybody that's been to these other types of nations where these, where the churches in those nations believe in miracles, if you don't go with a breakthrough anointing, you're going to have very, very poor results. And you're going to have a lot of church folk that are going to be very, um, not appreciative of a dead message. So it has to be a, not just a message, but there must be also demonstration. The, the gospel has to be confirmed to many with miracles and signs and wonders. And of course it should be that way in the Western church, but many of the other churches uh, in the world seem to be leading in this area, which is why I love traveling internationally, not only seeing miracles here in the States, but also around the world. Well, uh, Dr. Avanzini went ministered, bombed out, preaching good content, preaching really good stuff, but it just didn't have a power anointing behind it. So the, uh, after going back to his hotel, after another failed message, uh, mind you, in front of, of a massive audience, which is extremely embarrassing, <laughs> he, he just wanted to pack up and leave in the middle of the night, get on a plane and fly back to Texas. He said, he said it was that bad. <laughs> but that night he had a visitation from the Lord. And the Lord basically told him, I'm going to put a breakthrough anointing upon your, your ministry for miracles. And uh, so he received that anointing. And it was a very long visitation. It lasted quite a while that night. So the next day, when he goes back into the service, he is walking in a new anointing. Everybody knew it. And th they could sense a power that would be God's anointing upon him. And so he, he took an offering by the leading of the Holy Spirit and the the offering that was received was miraculous in nature it was actually so strong it was so much money that came in that the conference host had to stand up and say stop that's enough it's just I mean they filled every offering basket to overflow and then they went and got giant bags and it filled all of those and eventually the offering host said stop have you ever had a preacher stand up in a meeting and say, stop, we, we have too much already, it's enough? <laughs> Those are good meetings, amen. Anyhow, uh, so Dr. Avanzini said after that miracle offering, he went back to his hotel room and the enemy was ready, ready to jump on him and attack him. 
and, and said, you know, you took that offering, but none of those people are going to have any kind of a blessing. You have given them false hope and you have, uh, you have misled them in the scripture and they're going to be dis- all disappointed because nothing's going to happen. And you'll, you're going to be revealed as a fraud or as a charlatan and you'll leave the country disgraced. So Dr. Uh, Evanzini said it was a real battle just to kind of get through the night again and get back uh, into another meeting the following day. And when they picked him up the following day, uh, his driver pulled up in a real nice Mercedes Benz and John Evanzini said, finally, finally, they got us a good car for transportation. And the driver said, oh, no. He said, he said, Dr. Evanzini, this is my car. And he said, this is my miracle car. And so Dr. Evanzini said, well, what happened? He said, well, yesterday in that offering, I gave the amount of money that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart to give. And later that night, I went over to my uncle's house, and my uncle is a Muslim. And while I was sitting on the couch at his house and we were just talking, my Muslim uncle said to me, he said, you know, um, I've got an extra car. I've got a, he has some extra cars, but he said, I've got an extra Mercedes Benz. And he said, you know, I think I'm just going to give you that car. And he signed over the title deed, gave him the keys and gave him a beautiful Mercedes Benz. And that was given to a Christian by a Muslim. And he asked, why are you doing this? And he said, you know, I don't really know, but it just makes me happy to do it. And I'm very glad to be able to do it. Mm-mm. So my friends, I've had, I've had some very unusual things happen in my ministry. Uh, and uh, they were times where God used sinful men to be a blessing to me. And usually it happened when the church didn't respond. And um, I really needed uh, a, a breakthrough one time. And I went to a couple of churches hoping that the Lord would work through his people. And there was such a really uh, just very, very poor response <laughs> that it was very discouraging. <laughs> and right in that low spot, the Lord several times would bless me. And I'm thinking of a couple of times, particularly where he did it through men that were not even born again. They weren't saved. They didn't know God had never been in a church before, but yet God worked through them to be a blessing to me. And it made me laugh. It made me smile. It made me realize that God really is the source of the blessing. (laughs) Praise God. And I want you to open your heart that God can bless you not just through a Christian employer or through another brother and sister, maybe who loves the Lord, but God can bless you through the most vile sinner. Maybe that can just curse up a storm or maybe that uh, they, uh, you know, they just don't know anything about God, but yet God touches their heart. And the next thing you know, they're, they're writing you a check or they're doing something very special for you, or they're selling something uh, to you at an extreme discount and, and, and the whole thing about it is when it's happening, sometimes they're really happy to be doing it. <laughs> they're just like, you know, this, this is just, I just feel so good doing this. And you know what? I would just say, go ahead and receive it. Go ahead and receive it. Praise the Lord. I have had the Lord bless me at other times. I'm thinking one particular time when the Lord blessed me in a special way through a Christian, but the Christian 
didn't want to obey the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit put so much. I, if I'm going to be technically correct, I'm going to have to use the word pressure. The Holy Spirit put such a pressure on him that he finally yielded and gave in and did what God was telling him to do. <laughs> and it was, it was really funny to watch it. I'll tell you another one. I have uh, a minister friend. He's, he's in heaven now, but he's, he's gone on to be with the Lord. He and I were really close. And he had a beautiful property, and he had a Bible college on the property. And I said, hey, um, how did you get this Bible college? He said, he said, Stephen, the Holy Spirit directed me to go and speak to the owner of the land. And on the land, of course, was that beautiful facility. And he said, you know, um, the Holy Spirit directed me to go speak to the owner and uh, just say that I'm, you know, I'm looking for some property. And if you are open to selling anything that you might have available for, you know, property that I could use, then I'm, I'd love to talk with you about that. And, it, and the man that owned it is one of the most famous um, television, Christian television personalities in the world. Uh, this is a man that started his own Christian network. He's still alive today, although he's pretty old. And this is a man that was, you know, of course, worth a lot of money. And so while my friend is talking to the owner of the land, suddenly the Holy Spirit spoke to the owner to give the property and the title deed over to the minister that I, that I know. And it made the owner so upset that he went and got the title deed. And remember, God said, give him the title deed. Oh, he gave him the title deed, all right. He rolled it up and trashed it up in the ball and threw it at him. <laughs> oh, that dear beloved man of God wouldn't do that. Oh, yes, he did too. Yes, he did too. And my, my minister friend that, you know, received the title deed that was literally thrown at him like a trash ball, you know, hey, hey, it's still the title deed. Just unfold it. <laughs> Ironed it out. <laughs> <laughs> it was his signed over to him and everything. And that's how he got that property. Why? Because God spoke to that wealthy Christian businessman, uh, television uh, builder uh, of networks and so forth and said, give him that property. Mm -mm. And he did. And my friend put it to good use, raised up a very special, unique Bible college that uh, put many, many young men and women into the ministry. Praise the Lord. So God can work through people to pour into you, to pour into you, but they may not all be saved. Praise the Lord. It's okay. Just receive God's blessing. It can come in many different ways. Let me read one more verse that has a similar flow. This would be in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. For God gives wisdom and knowledge, and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting. Why? That he may give to him who is good before God. Now, because you are in Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that goodness, that righteousness has been imputed into you because you are in Christ and also because you're walking with the Lord, endeavoring to keep his commandments and obey him. It says that he may give to him who is good before God. So there is the giving of evil men, unsaved men into your life. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. And God's shaking things right now. Absolutely. He's shaking things and wealth is moving. I just want you to be open because I believe the Holy Spirit is going to position you to be in the right place at the right time. And you're going to catch a blessing and somebody's going to pour into your bosom. And that person doing the pouring, don't be, they'll be thrown off if that's a sinner man or a sinner woman. Just receive. Let God work through that person. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching, those that know that they are to honor you with their tithes and their offerings. Father, let Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 26 of the giving of of the rich wicked into the possession of the righteous. Let your people know that let your people know Luke six thirty eight from the angle where what is being poured in can be poured in through even an unrighteous man. It can be poured through a sinner. We thank you, father. We thank you. We thank you, father God. Hallelujah. In Jesus name. Amen. Now, this is what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. Be a good receiver. Be a good receiver. Show thanksgiving, regardless of the vessel that's doing the pouring into your bosom. Be a good receiver. Be thankful. Hallelujah. Enjoy the moment. Praise God. There's a real art to receiving. Yes, you want to be a good giver, but there is also an art to being a, a good receiver. And one of those key areas of being a good receiver is to let them know you're enjoying it. Let them know you're thankful and let them know you appreciate it. And if you do that and you do that, well, don't be surprised that it can happen again through the same vessel. Praise God. Glory to God. All right. Now, since we're close to it, let's take our Bibles and we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter three. And in today's message, we're going to talk about knowing when to go. And this is something very important. You must know when to go. This is based upon an awareness of the season that God has you in right now. And also of knowing when a season is changing. And then you can move forward into that next season. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we thank you that your word is bringing wisdom and understanding into our lives. We thank you, Father God, that you are a miracle working God and that we can be aware of what it is that you're doing in the earth from the perspective of what you're doing for the collective body of believers, as well as for us, even as individuals. We thank you, Father God, that we're not just wandering around aimlessly, but we know what you're up to. And it's always victory for your people. Now, Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, we pray and say, Amen. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, and of course, if you're listening to me, you have experienced that. And a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, 
And I think it's important also to recognize when it's appropriate to do both. Sometimes you can weep and that's not a time to laugh. Other times you can laugh. It's not a time to weep. And so we just want to be sensitive to those things, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. You might be thinking, well, Pastor Stephen, how, how am I supposed to figure out what my reaction is supposed to be? <laughs> because we see all of these different scenarios. How are we to respond to these changing uh, things that we encounter? I believe by having a good working knowledge of God's word, which gives us wisdom of knowing how to conduct ourselves and also a big leaning upon the reliance of the Holy spirit, because you may be a young Christian. You may not know a lot of God's word, but if you'll just be sensitive to the Holy spirit on the inside of you, uh, the Holy spirit will help you to pull back when you shouldn't be talking. And he can also give you a knowing of when you should say something. Praise the Lord. In other words, you may not have various scriptures that you've memorized about, you know, stand up and say something in variable times, but you know, by the Holy spirit, you just know, I have to say something concerning this. And other times, you know, just be quiet. That is the leading of the Holy spirit. Praise God. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to gain and a time to lose a time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to sow a time to keep silence and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate a time of war and a time of peace. Praise the Lord. Now there's many different seasons in your life. I would like to say that it's important that you don't try to live in a season that you are not yet in. <clears throat> and I know sometimes you're so close to it, you can almost taste it, praise God. And you're ready to step into it. But really, honestly, you still can't step into it until that season comes. Maybe you're a person in the winter that greatly anticipates summer. That's nice, but you have to go through spring first. Or maybe you really are the type of person that just loves fall. And the favorite time of year is fall when the temperatures become cool. And maybe you like to get your hot chocolate or a nice hot latte and enjoy the changing going from the heat into the coolness. And you're a fall person. That's nice. But you're going to have to go through summer first. Praise God. So don't try to live in a season that you are not yet in presenting yourself as being there when you actually aren't there yet can cause stress. It can cause heartache. And if it's really timing's really off, it can, it can cause a heart attack. That's <laughs> not good. <laughs> that may sound a little funny, but it's actually true. There have been people that have gotten in wrong positions, wrong places prematurely and the stress for some literally killed them and they had heart attacks. They had all kinds of uh, difficulties associated with that. Perhaps one of the negative consequences of having moved too soon into a season 
that was not quite ripe for you to be there. Could be financial pressure, something that's no fun. Mm -mm. And you know the thing about some of these mistakes, which in a sense is a sin to make these errors, because oftentimes they're made out of pride. They could be made out of a selfish ambition. Usually, though, it's pride. And if you, if you fall for that and you move into that, then it's not always that the Lord will backtrack you out of it real quick. Sometimes he'll let you stay in that uncomfortable position long enough to realize this is a season that I'm never going to try to get into ever again unless the Lord carries me into it. Woo! Praise the Lord. Do you know what I'm talking about? Praise God. Amen. So we don't want to jump over hurdles that we are supposed to go over in a different type of way. We have to do things the right way. God's going to get you there, but you have to get there in the Lord's timing. Mm -mm. Let me give you an example. In the year 2004, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God had television ministry for me. And my wife and I, we both knew that. And it's just something that somehow in our hearts, because of all the praying that we had done and so forth, we picked up on that plan of God for this ministry, that there would be television ministry. And so while I had already been at that time, a guest on a few different programs, a few different Christian programs, I knew that God had more for me with Christian television. But my friends, it wasn't like I could just jump from that initial knowing into the fullness of that season that God would one day place me into. But for 15 years, what I determined to do was keep moving forward with the dream, with the goal, with the vision that one day I would be able to have produced the ability to produce my own television program. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, what did you do in the interim? I kept moving towards that vision, passing through various seasons of the ministry. So in the interim, I recorded programs for other ministers and their networks. I recorded literally several hundred programs in other studios of other ministers that built up their networks, that blessed their ministries. And anytime there was an open door, I would go and I would record. But it was also doing something else for Stephen Brooks. It was allowing me to have more and more practice of standing in front of a camera, more and more practice of getting accustomed to that and what that ecosystem is like and what that environment is like. And by going to different studios, to this ministry or that ministry or that network or that network, all of that starts the click in your brain, how they're running their workflow, how they are connecting and uploading to servers and how they're getting the messages from there to the satellites and how it's getting into post-production and what software they're using to produce with and how they are uh, relaying that out to the various networks. And you start to learn all of that and you can't learn it overnight. And some of it, uh, it it's more than just, television ministry for a minister is more than just standing behind the pulpit in preaching. You have to know some of those mechanics 
that you would think, well, I don't want to have to learn that. I'm a minister, but yet you have to learn it. And, and a lot of it for me was a steep learning curve, learning about, uh, you know, how to go behind the scenes and do all of this stuff with the computer and, and uh, set all these things up. And, uh, you know, a lot of it was uh, technical type stuff, but I had to learn that also with streaming and internet streaming and things like that. But my friends, I kept moving forward. I kept moving forward, going to various networks, being a guest on various shows. And then there was a time that uh, Sid Roth, his ministry called me. It's supernatural and said, uh, Stephen, we would like to have you on uh, our program. And so that started a wonderful relationship that initially I never thought I would end up doing, you know, six different shows. And, you know, the truth is, is that anytime if you're on, it's supernatural. Sid Roth's ministry, they're going to put over $100,000 invested into the success of that program. That includes a tremendous team to record it, to get it all ready, to have reenactments of what it is that you're talking about, your vision or whatever. They're going to have actors, all that's going to be rolled in, and then they're going to push it out to the world. It's going to be on networks all over the world, and you know that, that costs airtime and everything like that. So there is, there is a major investment in every single program they do. So stop and think about that because I've done six <laughs> with them. So, you know, you're talking like over half a million dollars just to pull these programs together and send them around the world. And even today, we get, we get emails on a regular basis, even today, of those that saw even my first program. That was well over 10 years ago, and people still are watching that all over the world and still reading the book that I wrote that was corresponding to that message. Praise the Lord. But you know what happens also is that primary vision still keeps burning in your heart. Because I could, for example, I could be on It's Supernatural, but you know what? That message is only going to air for one week. Now, yes, it's going to be going around the world, but it's only going around the world for that one week. And then you, it's like, it's like catching a really big wave and you ride that wave and you get, you get a massive overload of emails and phone calls and all of that and product sales and all of that. that, that, that that's cool. But you know, in your heart, after you, after you're, you're doing that and you keep doing that and you're doing all these other programs, you start to think, Lord, I would like to have though my program on the networks as well. So I have a sustaining voice and this is not something that's, you know, like, Hey, we had another show and that was a great week or Hey, you know, that was cool. I did some shows over there and that's cool. Those are now airing, but no, be continually there, continually there. And I always knew we were going to get there, but you know, it, it took us almost 20 years to get to that place where when we stepped into it, Everything was ready to go. But here's what I want to say. When the season came for us to do production level, broadcast quality television, and I'm, and I'm not talking about internet, I'm talking about television, where you can be on the big networks and your program is able to have that quality to be on those types of networks. When the time came for it, after all of the sewing I had done, and not just me investing my airtime in preaching for other ministries and other networks, but also even sowing financially into these ministries to support them. When the time came for us to move forward and that season shifted. Now I'll still be a guest. I'll still go speak somewhere. I still do that. I go on, uh, you know, these different, uh, uh, 
uh, TV channels and networks as a guest and stuff like that. That's fun. But when it shifted for me to have our own program, Pure Gold, then we presented that. All of the provision came in. And my friends, we're not just, you know, maybe every now and then putting out, you know, like a, a message. We're, we're every week reaching over one billion people. Satellite footprint. Well, Pastor Stephen, not that many are watching at one time. Well, of course not. That would be cool if all one billion people turned on and watched me, <laughs> you know, uh, whenever I'm on. But with the satellite footprint that big, though, you're still catching millions. Absolutely. So satellite footprint over a billion. So we're speaking to millions upon millions of people. And with the feedback we're getting, it is touching lives literally all over the world. But my friends, you have to look towards that season and keep moving towards it and then step into it, step into it. And the time came for us to step into it. And it has to be the Lord because I can't carry it. Only the Lord can. And because we are there in God's season for us, there's no struggle. And the annual television ministry budget, we're well into six figures. I mean, it's not like, you know, $5,000 or something like that. No, we're six figures, well in the six figures. And we are in a place right now where we're adding networks. We just added, uh, all, we just went on PTL network with Jim and Lori Baker. And so I'm looking forward because I can see the next season. What is that, Pastor Stephen? It's where we move from adding networks, adding networks, where we continue to get on the various networks until we get to the place where we're multiplying. We're multiplying. We're multiplying. And all it takes is one big offering. One big offering. Now we're going to keep adding because of God's precious people that are giving to support this work. But I'm looking for something special. Well, we can boom go into the that next season, which is what? Multiplying. <laughs> hey, let's not just add another network and then, okay, uh, five months later, let's add another one. That that's good because these are reaching the multitudes. But let's get into multiplication. Praise the Lord. Let's add 10. <laughs> Let's add 15. Now, you also understand why there has to be seasons. Because if you move into the new season, you're, you're going to have to expand. Because that means what? It means for us, it means a, a larger infrastructure to support the response of what takes place when more and more people are watching your program. Because they're calling and they're ordering. Hey, we want the product. And so you have to have all of that infrastructure covered to handle calls and to uh, handle products and things like that, shipping and, and the sale of the product and international rates and stuff like that. So my friends, it's very, very exciting, but you can see the season that God has for you. The next big season, it's going to come for you. Don't try to jump in there prematurely because that could put you in hot water, mm -mm. but wait for the Lord. And when you step in there with the Lord, there'll be no strain. No sweat. You'll be able to enjoy it. And I really do believe it'll actually be better than what you have even envisioned it to be. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. So you must know when to go. You must know when the season has changed. And now you've got the green light. And after all the preparation, after the giving, and after the praying, and after the fasting, there will come the time when you're like, you're there. And the season has changed. And it is now time for you to step into that new season. 
Praise the Lord. If you go in your own timing, you go on your own, in your own limited ability, your own limited resources, and your own limited strength. But when you go into your new season, God's timing, then he goes with you with this inexhaustible supply, resources, strength, and wisdom. Praise God. Now, I want to share an, an anointing that's going to begin to touch you. It's going to begin to affect your mind, and it's going to begin to help you to get very, very sharp and in stepping into the season right at the exact moment. Praise the Lord. Now, we're, we're talking about moving into a season, but I noticed with the scripture that I'm about to give you that one of the great commentators of the, of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, was a man, uh, a theologian known as Mr. Barnes, Dr. Barnes. And oftentimes you'll see Barnes commentaries on the scriptures. And he said that this scripture that I'm about to show you would denote that, that not only is there going into the new season, but it's going into the new opportunity. These new seasons, they give new opportunities for growth, increase, and something else. Absolutely something else that I'm sure you'll be quite interested in. And let's talk about it. It's in First Chronicles. We're now going over to the book of First Chronicles chapter 12. Praise the Lord. I see your season. It's going to change. It's like reading a good book and you finish a chapter and you think, you know, that was a really good chapter. That chapter was setting you up for the next chapter. Mm -mm. It's only getting better. You're about to go into the next chapter, the next season. And I believe you're going to get the timing just right. Hallelujah. First Chronicles chapter 12. Now, let's go to verse 32. And it speaks of the sons of Issachar. Of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times. To know. Hmm, not to be in confusion. Not to be in the dark. Not to be, you know, groveling around with no insight. No. To know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. Boop, I like that. Mm -mm. Now, the sons of Issachar had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. This is an anointing that every believer can walk in the anointing of the sons of Issachar. And you can walk in this because as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And as you become sensitive to the inward guidance of the Holy Spirit, you will know what to do. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows what to do. You know, God knows what to do. So you can pick up on that insight, upon that wisdom, and you can respond. Pastor Stephen, what do you suppose that the Holy Spirit wants me to experience? Nothing but absolute victory. 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 God has winning on his mind for you. God is able to outsmart anything the devil can do. God is able to give you victory over any situation, no matter how challenging it may be. You may feel outnumbered. You may feel outgunned. 
You may feel that you have even been outmaneuvered, but nobody can outmaneuver God and God can give you the wisdom that you need. God can give you the solution that you need and you'll never know defeat ever again. Praise God. And that is the anointing of the sons of Issachar that regardless of what's going on, regardless of how chaotic or crazy or even, even like maybe you could, it, it could look like defeat is surely coming. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will show you what to do. You'll always know what to do. And sometimes the battle is not turned or won until just at the last moment. Sometimes when it looks like it's darkest, then boom, God breaks through. But even before he breaks through, you'll know exactly what to do. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Now the sons of Issachar, if we look at this in context, they're knowing what to do. They had, listen to this. They had an ability to interpret the word of God in its time. Ah, that is so important. That is so important. You can't live off old bread. You can't live off the message that the spirit was writing on in the 1970s. Oh, but pastor Stephen, that was a beautiful move of God. Yes, it was, but that was 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, God's word never changes, but where the focus is at and where the anointing is at, oh, that you better believe that can change. Absolutely. And if you don't watch out and it, you don't, you don't move with what the Holy Spirit is moving with, you can end up uh, in a place where, as they say, the cloud has moved without you. And you, you never, never want that. There are some denominations that are camped on truths that were established where the Holy Spirit was emphasizing that truth 175 years ago or 500 years ago. But you know what? Once that uh, truth has been reestablished back and renewed back into the church, it's like, hey, We've got it. We, we don't need to camp here. This is like elementary. Let's, let's keep moving. We, we've got it. Okay, good to go. But you must keep getting that present day word. That's what you live by. You must have that word. So the sons of Issachar had an ability to interpret the word of God in its time. The tribe of Issachar was actually considered if I can use this word, the most evangelistic tribe out of all of them. In other words, when there were Gentiles that said, Hey, you know, we like what you guys do and what you stand for. And we don't know your God, but we we would like to, it was Issachar that would be the leaders in bringing those on the outside in and saying, you can come in under certain conditions. If you're willing to obey the word of God, the Torah, and follow the instructions of God. And so they were the ones that were leaders in that area. So they had, you had to have sensitivity. You had to have compassion. You had to have love. Praise God. Mm -mm. So they, they could pick up on that. So knowing the right season, now get ready for this. Knowing the right season through the anointing of Issachar can greatly affect your prosperity. Wow. It's amazing. It really is. Let's take a look at this. Actually, we can see it very clearly in Genesis chapter 30. 
Genesis chapter 30, verse 14. Now Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, therefore he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. Now verse 16. When Jacob came out of the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come into me for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night and God listened to Leah and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have given my maid to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. Issachar's name in Hebrew means he brings wages. Now say that with me. He brings wages. The sons of Issachar would go on to become servants who would do the work for many for good wages, and they would enjoy, therefore, rich prosperity. Mm -mm. I was just thinking that here in North Carolina, just a couple of days ago, uh, it was in the news, the state news, that one of the biggest tech companies in the world has decided to open a headquarters, another, well, they have multiple headquarters, but open a new headquarters out in North Carolina in the city of Raleigh, and they are going to be hiring at least 3,000 new employees, and pretty much the lowest pay starts annually at $175,000 a year. So there are wages. There are wages. My friends, when you are in the right season, when you step into the right season and you're functioning in your season, wages are coming. Money's coming. Prosperity is coming. The anointing of the sons of Issachar means that wages, prosperity is coming to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, the sons of Issachar, they would hire themselves out for really good wages and they would make good money. And they would enjoy their prosperity, praise God. But they had that ability to know, hey, this is the season we're supposed to step into, and they can step into it and do really, really well. And they also had that ability to look at the rest of the nation of Israel, and they could sense what Reuben was supposed to do, what Judah was supposed to do. And they could pick up on the will, the plan of God concerning that special season. Mm-mm. And God's going to take you into the season of dream fulfillment. Hallelujah. The season where your wages come in, where the seeds that you have sown, the harvest comes in and you're walking in it. You're in the midst of it. You are enjoying it. You are in it. You are experiencing it. Praise God. And so my friends, you're going to get there. And I believe a new season is coming to your life very, very soon. But let me say this, the devil, he somehow has an ability to 
get information about God's plan for your life. Now, he doesn't have like a blueprint. It's not like he has a, you know, like, a, oh, he's going to do this or this. He doesn't have anything like that. He just, he can look at you. He can see the, the aura of the anointing upon your life. And he can realize, ah, I've seen that before. God wants to use he or her in a special way. And uh, so let's see what we can do to throw that off course. And oftentimes what he will try to do is he'll try to get you into the season, but he'll try to get you to step into it through compromise. And if you compromise, he's got, he's got you. He's got a foothold into your destiny now that he can alter it in a way where you will never reach the potential that God had determined for you to experience. So we must go into the season the right way without compromising. Woo, praise the Lord. We see that the devil tried to pull this on Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. See, Satan knew by reading certain passages of Scripture that there would come a Messiah, and this Messiah would have a very long reign. And we see those things in Psalm 2. We see those insights, Isaiah 11. And of course, even more fully later when the book of Revelation was written, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, where it just comes out and opens it fully up, that says that Christ will reign for 1,000 years over the whole world. So Satan could pick up by, uh, because, because the devil can read the Bible too. He could pick up that this Messiah is going to have a global reign. He's going to rule over the nations. Oh, so what does Satan try to do? Let's try to get him into that season prematurely by offering it to him now. Woo! But if he takes it now, he's out of God's timing, and we've got him because he compromised to get it now. And so that's why Satan said to him that he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Why? Because he knows that the day is coming when it's all going to be given to him. He knows that there is coming the time he's going to rule over all of it. Satan says, Hey, no, no need for you to, you know, wait another day. I can give it to you all right now. And all you've got to do is worship me. And the next thing you know, you can rule uh, you could rule the world. Now I'm the guy really in control, but you can rule on my, on my behalf and you can rule the whole world. Mm -mm. Then Jesus said to him away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God and him only shall uh, him only. You shall serve. Watch out for the counterfeit season. Watch out for the line promotion that would ask of you to compromise your biblical morals, 
your biblical ethics in order to move into a season that that you know God's got the season of blessing for you but this offers it in a compromised way if you take it if you take it you have given him legal right Satan legal right to come into your life and trust me he's going to want payback for that and he has a legal right to get in there and mess mess it all up don't compromise in any way to the devil or to the fallen world system you don't have to do that God can get you to the top that's that's the whole message God can get you to the top you don't need the devil's help whoo praise the Lord you don't need it you don't need him for anything whoo praise God mm -mm. the Issachar anointing to know God's timing God's blessing this is it it's pure, it's good, it is blessed from God. This is the door I go through, this is the season, now is the time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. So you must be able to hear the now word. You must be able to get that supernatural direction. Lord, what is the season? Lord, I'm picking up on this, but Lord, is this now? Or Lord, is this manifestation of this later? Because if it's later, I'm just going to keep working on it. I'm going to keep praising you and thanking you for it. But Lord, I, I don't want to jump into something that it's not time yet. I don't want to have to carry something in my own ability. Because we know how much that is. Lord, this is something that only you can carry. Mm, 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 mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You'll have that anointing to know this is of God or no, this is people that are trying to elevate my pride to get me to come into something that actually benefits them and they don't even care about me. Mm -mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Be aware of these things. Be aware of these things. A certain company here in America that is one of the most godless companies you could think of where they have figured out what teenagers like and what teenagers crave and they have made a product that the teenagers can get they can buy and they can inhale it and it is highly highly addictive and it is does great harm to the human body oh but the company doesn't care as long as people buy it they don't care if it's killing teenagers and it bi just binds them in chains of addiction they don't care at all and the company is a multi-billion dollar company and they have figured out what these kids like and so they 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 flavor and they market certain flavors that almost are irresistible to teenagers and they know it's going to kill them but they don't care they know it's going to bring sickness and diseases into their life they don't they don't care about that but you know what this company with its hundreds of employees just got bought out by a multi-billion dollar company and every one of those employees of this godless company they all received a bonus of one million dollars not just the executive leadership of the, of, the, of the team, but every company from the person answering the phones to the person doing the packaging, 
they all received a $1 million bonus. But I would present to you there is no amount of money worth <laughs> blowing up your destiny over, destroying the beautiful plan that God has for your life. Don't ever be a person that can be bought or sold for anything in this world. Mm -mm -mm. Because if you can be, so often that offer will come. Mm -mm -mm. You have to be dead to the things of the world. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you're going to have to get really streamlined to get into these new seasons that God wants all of the church to go into, but it will be the warriors. It will be those that are more than conquerors that go in. It will be the sons and daughters of God that go in, not just a religious fuddy duddy that says, I love Jesus, but doesn't keep the commandments of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But those that do, and those that go in, will walk in the anointing and the power of the world to come. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Get ready. Get ready. You must guard the anointing. You must guard the presence of God and not be willing to lose it for anything. Don't trade it for anything. Hallelujah. <laughs> because if you trade it, you'll find out that that thing you traded it for is stupid. Once you've got it, you'll find out how stupid that thing is. If you trade for it, there's no life in that thing. There's no life outside of God, nothing but spiritual death. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, I'm excited about the anointing of the sons of Issachar. Pastor Stephen, what season is it? I'm so glad you asked. Because I'm standing here today to tell you what season you are now going into. Because God is raising up warriors, not wimps, warriors for him that will not compromise, that will not back down, that will stand on the word and move in the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready for the now word for the sons of Issachar? Let's take our Bibles and go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now remember, this is Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, chained up. Walking out the life of the apostle, the true apostle is rarely understood. The true apostle is not a celebrity preacher. The true apostle will know the burden, the difficulties of the cross, that high calling, the calling that requires everything, requires full surrender. Praise God. Now, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 4, no one, that means you, son, daughter of Issachar, that means you, 
No one engaged in warfare. Now, all of the 12 tribes had their own redemptive type of gifting and blessing. They're all unique. And every tribe also had warriors. The sons of Issachar were very knowledgeable of the times. And many theologians say also those times refer to when would be seasons of war and when we must get ready for battle. All right. So no one engaged, no one, no one engaged in warfare. So you have to get ready to fight the good fight of faith. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Somebody that just, that just hits you like a ton of bricks and almost like just knocked the wind out of you. <laughs> and you're like, Oh no, pastor Stephen, not that. Yes, that's it. That's it right there. In order to go into your new season, this is what you must do. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier who enlisted you into the army of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. What is your motive as a soldier to please the great general of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ to please him. You cannot please him as an enlisted soldier when you're all distracted and caught up with all kinds of entanglements of the world. You're going to have to get your life streamlined. For some of you, social media has become such a distraction that it is literally uprooting your devotional life with the Lord. You used to wake up and pray. You used to wake up, get your Bible and get your coffee and go pray. But now you wake up and the first thing you do, you're, you're on social media. You're on social media and it's gobbling up your time. And you're trying to find out the stats to see how many people liked you or gave you the thumbs up or, you know, gave you some kind of a positive response. And it has become something that is a distraction. You must not allow these crazy things of the world to get you entangled. Let me say this. These tech giants have also figured out human characteristics. And these tech giants, while they say social media is for the form of bettering humanity so we can be better in interconnected. Let me just tell you, that's a big, big lie. They are not there to interconnect humanity. They're there to make money regardless, even if it destroys people. And they are no different than the tobacco farmers and the tobacco industry was back in the early 1800s when they knew those plants were highly addictive. And then later they found out that this stuff causes cancer when you smoke it and this stuff is bad and they didn't care as long as it's selling and it's enslaving people that keep them addicted to their product. They don't care what it is. You must get disentangled from these things that would weave their way into your soul and pull you away from the mentality of a soldier. Can you imagine somebody in special forces about to go into combat and 
you know, you know, they're just, they're thinking about all kinds of other stuff. Now you, you're going to get killed. You're going to get killed. You've got to be in the game. You've got to be in the moment. Whoo. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Praise God. You know, as, as a pastor, as a minister, I have to be aware of the finances of the ministry. It is my responsibility to know that we are meeting budget. It is my responsibility to know that if there's a deficit, jump on it and get it fixed immediately by getting faith back up and working the word and confessing prosperity and making sure everything's right so that we are never going backwards so that we're always in the positive, every bill paid early and on time and having the extra so that the ministry, the great outreaches of the ministry are strengthened. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I have a responsibility to know that. But my friends, even as ministers, ministers have to be careful that they don't get tangled up in these areas with money because it is an absolute distraction. And if there's a distraction, it is, it becomes an anointing killer. I know various ministers who get caught up in, in stocks and trading stocks and making a lot of money. And I've never met one yet whose anointing didn't start going down. The more money they made, the less anointed they became. I was in the office of a minister one time, a good preacher, potential, potential for international ministry. And it never happened. Why? I could sit in his office. I'd be talking to him about scripture, but in the background, there's a beep, beep, beep. There'd be like another two minutes, beep, 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 maybe another four minutes, beep, beep, beep. And it was so distracting. I finally said, I said, brother, what's all that beeping going on over there? He goes, oh, that's uh, referring me to the, my stocks are selling. Anytime there's a beep, it means I just sold the stock, made some money. And uh, he's, he's all happy about that. So all day long, he, all he's after is beep, beep, beep. His mind's not on the word. And the more beep, beep, beep there was, the, the, the anointing and the powerful, the powerful personal testimony and, all, and the once remarkable healing anointing that he had just fizzled, fizzled, beep, beep, beep. And it just fizzled, fizzled, fizzled away. And that doesn't mean that a minister should not be aware a financial blessing and make sure everything is being run smoothly. You have to start watching these entanglements that can be allurements, particularly if you're good at it. And I know one minister that was a full-time stock broker before he came into the ministry. And I said, do you still do any stocks? He said, no. I said, why? He said, I'm, I'm too good at it. He said, I'll start making all kinds of money and it will become an immediate distraction. So he said, I laid the whole thing down. And that's what I've done too. I know what it, I know what it is to trade stocks. I'm I'm pretty knowledgeable of all of that. Pretty good at it. I I can make three or four thousand dollars a day, but I don't do that. Why? Because if I start doing that, I you have to watch it, and you have you have you know then you're going to be thinking about it, and I don't want that. I don't want that. Praise God. I am a preacher. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And the ministers. I I know one minister. He's making about. He's a pastor. Good church making about $7,000 a month, uh, you know, trading stocks. But um, 
Hey, if you're going to go to his church and think that you're going to get a miracle, it's not going to happen. <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to go to his church and think that uh, you're going to get a tremendous prophetic word or, you know, the gifts of the Spirit are going to move, <laughs> no, it's, that's a joke. It's not going to happen there. Why? He's not prepared. He's not in the Word. He's over there playing, uh, uh, playing the stock market all day long, and it shows in his ministry. And, and Paul is trying to work with Timothy. And he's writing from prison saying, hey, <laughs> you know, you're going to be sold out. You've got to be focused. You've got to be like that soldier that's not distracted and entangled with all of this other stuff. Well, Pastor Steve and others do it. Hey, that's fine. That, that's fine. Enjoy yourself. Knock yourself out. But if you really want to be on the front lines, you want, you want consistent heavenly visitations. You want to get over into the glory you want to see the miracles and signs and wonders. It takes everything to walk that walk. And if somebody says you can have it some other way, they, they are presenting a lie to you because you can't, you can't have it. Now you can have little blessing moments and things like that. But the Lord Jesus himself commissioned me to raise up warriors. And I know I'm speaking to an audience that's a little bit different from other types of churches that maybe just give you a nice pep talk and, uh, you know, a couple of hymns and somebody read a poem and nice closing song and the whole thing's done in 30 minutes. That's nice. Wonderful. See you in heaven. I love you. But I'm talking about warriors, though, that are demonstrating true kingdom authority and true signs and wonders in the earth. We've got to stop singing these songs, open the eyes of the blind. Well, you know, churches sing these songs. No, but no blind person ever has their eyes opened. <laughs> Why are we singing this song if it never happens? Beautiful song. Yes, but we must, we must manifest these things. Praise the Lord. And to get into the glory, to walk in, into these things requires complete commitment. And when you're in it, you realize I, I can't, I can't do what others are doing. No condemnation on others. They each, everybody's got to live their own life. But if you want to be a, a son to the Apostle Paul, and you want to be a true son, Paul's saying, hey, this is what it is going to take. You cannot have entanglements like so many others have. You can't do that if you want to fulfill your high destiny. And by the way, you only get one shot. You only get one life. So I'd say live it all out for the Lord. You'll have all of your life. You'll have all of eternity for billions and trillions and years. Time rolling into eternity to do these other things that others just get completely wrapped up and caught up in. Trying to squeeze as much out of this little short life as they can. <laughs> Stay on task Endeavor to please your high commander, the Lord Jesus Christ, because we're about to go into the new season of miracles and signs and wonders and revival glory. You know, Dr. John G. Lake one time uh, visited William Seymour and asked him some questions concerning the revival there in Los Angeles. And he said, tell me about your prayer time. How many hours were you praying before the revival broke out? And William Seymour said, five hours a day, every single day, day in, day out, day in, day out, 
at least minimum five hours a day. And then when the revival broke and started really moving, he said it required seven hours minimum prayer time on my knees every single day. Mm -mm. I see for many of you that are watching that God has a new season before you that's so tantalizing that's so full of the golden glory of God but my friends you will have to press with everything you have if you want to win the gold in the Olympics you cannot be casual it requires everything I remember when uh, one particular athlete years back uh, who was one of the world's best athletes uh, decided to really commit she sat down with her family why it, 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 it requires your whole life. And she had, she had had to really say, Hey, you know, to her husband, are you willing to make this sacrifice with me? She had to speak to her children. Are you willing for your mom to make this commitment? Because we can't have a normal family like others. If I'm going to win that gold medal, we all have to be pulling together because it means I'm going to sacrifice. It means that sacrifice will affect you. Are we all on the same page? They said, we're on the same page. And she won a gold medal, set a world record that may never be broken. Praise the Lord. Why? Because of the sacrifice that was involved. No one, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Some of you need to start deleting some apps off your phone. They're nothing but distractions. Stealing hours and hours away from you when you could have been in prayer. You could have read a book that would have nourished your faith and would have revealed more of the glory realm walk to you. Mm -mm. But instead you walked away empty from some form of entanglement. Get yourself free. Get yourself free. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life so that you have that freedom and that response to be free for God. Because God wants all of you, your spirit, your soul, and your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, and of course, your body as well. Sell out completely to the Lord. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now that the anointing of the sons of Issachar will touch them and rest upon them. That they will know. They will know. What the plan is for Israel. They will know the plan for the church. We're coming into the finest hour. This is not the time to be playing games. This is the time to prepare for war. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, that you are enlisting those into this great move of your spirit to stand on the front lines. This is not for those that are standing in the back. Lord, you are preparing a group to stand on the front lines, the dread not champions that Joel spoke of in Joel chapter two. Woo. It's time to run. Now, father, we thank you. Let the anointing, the fire, the wisdom, the perception of the sons of Issachar touch your people. And I thank you, father God, that along with moving in that right season will come prosperity will come the wages of heaven rushing into their life. We give you praise. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. There's no price too great. God will never ask for you something that you could not, you could not give. So be willing to walk the path that he unveils to you. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're watching today's message, and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, as your personal 
Lord and Savior, but you want to, and God is drawing you right now to him, then my friends, I want you to pray this special prayer and I want you to pray it now because you cannot come to God on your own accord. Like uh, I was, I worked a particular job many years back and one of the men said, he said, you know what? I'm going to live all of my life serving the devil. I'm going to have fun and I'm going to sin as much as I want. And just before I die, right before I die, I'm going to ask Jesus to come into my heart and save me and take me to heaven. And there was a friend of mine who also ended up in ministry who he was pretty wild. He said, you fool. He said, I pray that God take you before you have the time to pray such a stupid prayer. <laughs> and it made that man so angry, <laughs> but it, but it jolted him. It jolted him. Let me say this. You just can't come to God when you want. He has to draw you. He has to grant repentance and he's drawing you now. Don't think he might be drawing you tomorrow. There may be no anointing tomorrow. You must respond when the spirit is moving. And so as he's moving upon your heart with convicting power right now, get your life right with God. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. Jesus, I believe you rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your eternal life. Wash all of my sins away. And I give you my whole life. Jesus, I give you my whole life. And I thank you for saving me now. In your name I pray. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Now, as believers in Christ, let's take Holy Communion together. We are a global online church. We have many online church members. Perhaps this is not your, what you would say your official church, but you enjoy the messages and you are a friend to the ministry. You, you enjoy the ministry. Why don't you take communion with us as well? Because we're all one in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice and let's pray. Father, thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it through this prayer. And we thank you that this is now set apart as holy. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the blood of Jesus, we thank you excuse me, the body of Jesus. We thank you for the anointing of the sons of Issachar touching our mind, knowing what to do, knowing when to move, knowing when to get ready to move, but it's not quite yet to march. But we thank you, Father God. I hear the sound of war. I thank you for preparation for the moving of your spirit and the angels are moving with us. So, Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive his word and that anointing of the sons of Issachar. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. I see that the Holy Spirit will unveil to you the now word. And the sons of Issachar were Torah scholars. 
and they were very familiar with the word, but they could pick up on the anointing of that now word. Israel, this is what we should now do. They could discern that now word. I see that that word will come to you. Father, we thank you as we receive the blood of Jesus. We thank you for forgiveness of sins. We thank you for cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. And if anybody has sinned against us, we forgive them and we bless them. And we move on in you. We thank you, Father God, that we are covered with the blood of Jesus. All of our sins are washed away. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Walk in the anointing that the Holy Spirit is highlighting right now. Glory to God. Streamline your life so that you are not distracted and that you're really dialed in with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will help you to thin out the voices that not only do not contribute to your life in a beneficial way, but are actually negative and destructive. It is very, very important that you always maintain a biblical attitude of victory. Do not allow yourself to get into a, a state of despondency or looking around and just saying it's hopeless. You must not do that. You must climb higher in the spirit, detect the true anointing of what the Lord is doing and walk in that. And you will see that victory is yours and victory is sweet. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye-bye.